We met a while back at the Technogym event, um, linked with One Rebel, and I wanted to kind of get in touch and, and see a little bit about your interesting background. So I've looked a little bit into kind of your background and all that kind of stuff, and it's just, I find it fascinating. And just talking now for 10 minutes pre hitting the record button, it's even more interesting. So tell me a little bit about yourself. I guess so. I'm originally I'm from New Zealand. Um, I come from a contemporary dance background, I guess, and more of just a dance background, and that was my, my thing for, for years. I started dancing when I was like five. Um, did everything that you could possibly do, every comp um, in New Zealand, which is small, and then went to full-time dancing school, and then from there started to explore um, getting out of New Zealand, I guess, it's such a small place. Yeah. So I worked for a lot of companies that we would tour overseas, and then I made a decision to go and move to New York for a year. And that was my, my first experience, I guess, of moving away from home and kind of really establishing what I wanted, yeah. who I was. Um, culture shock. Massive <laughs> culture shock. I remember I turned up and I, I knew one person when I turned up to New York, got off this, um, got out of the taxi, stepped down, and she was living like in the most hustle bustle part. And it was like people were walking all around me, and I'm like, not used to people being on the street. Now, saying like living in London, I'm like, I'm used to it. Yeah. But at that time, I was like, right, here I am. And it's, and it's smelly, like New York smells for the yeah. first time. Um, but then, so I lived in New York and then tried to dance and stuff like that, moved back home, continued to dance, and then moved to London five years ago. Um, and from that, kind of went from this dance industry, trying to make that happen, um, was working hospitality, and then kind of fell into fitness, and that's kind of just opened up all these doors to, to land up to where I am today, um, which is pretty crazy. It's been a massive journey when you break it down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you can put it straight into a nutshell. Now, the, <laughs> so your was was what One Rebel was your very first experience in in the fitness industry, right? Yeah. So you told me before you went to do a sales job yeah. in that, and then I think sometimes I guess people don't know what's right under their nose. Yeah. You you became one of their trainers and their master trainers, and yeah. how did that happen? What was the journey there? So my journey into I got into sales through a friend of mine who's also trained with One Rebel. And he was like, come on over. I was really unhappy working hospitality. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I'm here and I'm not actually doing anything that I was looking for enjoyment from. So it made, made sense in my mind to go into sales. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is, this, is, this is the right avenue this to go into. my questions. This is everything that I'm like. I, it's like, I'm one of the most unconfident persons when it comes to, like, um, interaction as a sales base. So it, it, at the same time, I'm quite I'm glad I fell into that because it really opened up how I could then go into training, being on a mic, being around people, having to do those kind of conversations that were the first time chats of being, hi, what are you interested in and can I make a sale and how can I do it fast? I remember the first time they were like, can you make your first call? And I was like, no. (laughs) What are you selling? um, But that's the thing with Rebel, they don't really have contracts, they don't have memberships or anything like that. We have packages, it's just getting people aware of what we had and what our deals were. So it was kind of checking in with the first time and to be like, hey, like, how was your experience? Like, do you want to come back? Do you want to buy, to buy some more? Yeah. Um, which was also kind of a hard sell because it's not like uh, other gym memberships, we're trying to sell a proper membership and you're getting yeah. them looped in. Yeah. We're just saying come back. Yeah. Um, but that was really enjoyable in a weird way. Um, I wasn't very good at it, I'll be honest. And then it was through that I, was got, I got addicted to one rebel got dipped to reshape. It was doing two, three sessions a day, which was kind of silly when you look back at it. You yeah. go, no one should really be doing back-to-back reshapes. No. Um, and then I decided that I was like, you know, maybe I could just 
become a part of the cover list, become a trainer here, just in case I'm tuned up, like I'll be that guy that says yes. Um, and I decided to go and do my PT course, get that out of the way, and it was like, okay, this is starting to make sense now. When I then auditioned and got on the mic and was like, oh, this is kind of fun, and then like, I was like, oh, I've got something that I'm talking about, and oh, I do know what I'm talking about, and I think I was always nervous, I was always scared, I never thought fitness would be something I would go into, it's particularly uh, when I got into it about three, four years ago, and I thought fitness had to be that you had to be big and bold and like men's health cover fitness. And I was like, I'm none of that. Like, I don't like wearing a singlet top or a tank top. Is it called me a vest? I think they call him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't like wearing those type of things. I don't feel like I have muscles to show off. And I thought no one would listen to me. No one would be engaged to what I have to say or no one would trust that I do know what I'm talking about because I didn't fit that bodybuilder mold. Yeah. Um, and I was very wrong. Yeah, oh, yeah for <laughs> I was sure. very wrong about that. <laughs> it's a very specific market, that. Yeah. And I think there's always been, I think there's always been the stigma attack teaching courses. People will come on and go, and I get all the barriers straight away. Well, I'm, I'm not 19. Okay, that's okay. Yeah. People exercise when they're 80, so it's okay. Yeah. You don't have to be 19. Uh, don't have, you don't have to be six foot five and ripped and whatever. Yeah. It's not, that's not what you need. So it's an interesting, I think we should definitely talk about, about that side of things because it's um, with the social media side and how people feel and the mental health side and all that kind of thing, it's so big right now. Um, and I think Rebel do a really good job of that. Social media is really, it hooks you in. Solid. Yeah, and it's also, it, it's, not, it's not necessarily super PC. Mm. Like they don't hide stuff. They don't, they're quite happy to um, talk. I know the people won't, people may not know. The outside the studio is almost like an old style movie theater, like where you put the letters up for whatever. Yeah. And you've got that, and it might be reshape or whatever it is you've got up there. But the amount of like catchy slogans that get put up there or whatever, and I've seen stuff talking about burgers and all sorts of stuff yeah. on there, which is fantastic, I think, because it means that you're not you're not telling people you have to only be into protein shakes and green drinks if you're coming here, and or if you're interested in fitness. Yeah. So I think it's so important when you've got a big platform to set the right messages, not just the egotistical messages or the ones that shame people. 100%. And I think as we started to, so recently I was in charge of all the recruitment and the training and it's what we look for in the trainers and what I think you look for now as a client when you go to any boutique studios. Mm -hmm. You look for a trainer that is is, is real. And like I like the idea that you've got a trainer that is a that we'll talk about the fact they went and had a drink in the weekend or yeah. they did do this and it, it, like, it breaks down this mold of it being I think Instagram's really bad at, at people only only showcasing um, I only lived and I, I only greet salads and I'm like yeah. but the truth is you die yeah. like, we all know that you probably go to prayer on your way to take that photo like it's it's, it's important to have that realness and for people to showcase, showcase that. Yeah. So I think Rebel does a really good job on the Instagram of just being like hey we're real like <laughs> it doesn't matter yeah I think it's I think it's brilliant. So you when you got into doing um, the classes and you were covering first, when did you make the decision to go right? I'm going to just go full time into doing this. Um, so they I left the sales job and it was like I guess I just have to now make a call to say this is it. Yeah. Um, and I started working at a few other studios as well. So I worked for Frame, um, which was great for me as a starting. I didn't think that I was quite prepared to program sessions together. So it was great to work with Frame and I got into um, into bar and teaching a lot of dance stuff. So it was still connected to what I was used to, which was, was dance stuff. Yeah. 
Um, and then started teaching more fitness based and then was going back to Rebel and then started getting back into the reshape style and then I got introduced to riding, which is now my passion, which I love. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know, can't take me off the bike now, which is weird because I was never about I'm, I'm a runner, I prefer that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm now like I live for spit. <laughs> it's it's crazy. I think it just it was when I had at this space where it was like I don't have a nine to five job anymore. You have to make a call, and I was like, I've got to hustle for it, and was like, all right, if this is what I want to do, slash, I need to pay my bills, mm-hmm. I need to do it, and that's when I started to network. And it's as soon as you create that space, those doors just open, doors open for Frame, doors open at other studios that I was interested in, and they just they open very rapidly. The same at Rebel, it took me a really long time to even get on the schedule, and once I was on the schedule, it was like, and then bam, 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 you just yeah. get more and more, and it just. It, it's such an organic process if you trust that it's going to happen yeah. and that those spaces will get filled quite quite easily if you sit back and you go, you know, I'm, I'm patient, this is what I want, this is what I want to hustle for. Yeah. And then they just open up. Yeah. I think we can easily force our way into situations um, in, in the industry. And again, you, we'll get people that sort of say, well, what's my next step when I leave here? And it's like, well, you, you really have to go and, and, and kind of, you do have to hustle at the beginning for sure. Yeah. But the second you start doing what you do well and you do a good job of it and people see that, you've nothing to worry about. Yeah. You'll be absolutely fine. Um, and I think that's it's something that, that this industry is very much a passion-based industry, yeah. I think. And it's, you know, if you if you go into something and you do a really good job of it and you're not just here to, right, how much money can I make doing this? Yeah. Suddenly you will make money doing something you love doing yeah. as a byproduct of enjoying your time doing what you're doing. I think that's a key because I know... So many people that are like, oh, I'll teach that because it's X amount of money. And I'm like, mm, no, that's, that, that, that's, that's just a result of enjoying your job. I don't even think about it sometimes. I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll teach. And I teach a lot because yeah. I love it. I love knowing that I'm like, okay, that one person I could potentially create an impact on. And then maybe it's 20 or maybe there's more than that involved. And I'm like, I want to do that. And I, I don't mind getting out of bed early for that. And I don't ever get out of bed and go, okay, today this is my paycheck coming in because in that case, I'm then no longer real. I'm no longer real in what I'm delivering either. And it's you can see through that, and then quite quickly, people are going to not trust you anymore, and they're not going to follow you. They're going to go find something else, and you lose that when people start to realize that money is your focus. Yeah. Particularly when it's someone who's coming to work out as a client base. They're not doing it for money reasons either. Yeah. They're doing it for themselves. So as long as we do it for ourselves <coughs> to get it to them as well, it all kind of expands. Yeah. No, definitely. So when you went into, so you did that and then you ended up doing the master trainer role there. Yeah. What does that entail? So that kind of happened quite rapidly as well. Um, it's master trainer just means that we're kind of, um, we're brand ambassadors and this kind of, again, it's such a weird thing to talk about, I guess, top, top of what we're delivering or um, strong following and what we're doing. And it just kind of was such a process that happened quite quickly for me. I uh, was really, I'm, I'm prepared to say, okay, well, I guess I'm now up, up that league, yeah. um, where it was at the time that I was in charge of quite a few of the concepts and in charge of uh, recruitment as well. So it's really a leading by example. Mm. How does a recruitment process work with someone like Rebel? Uh, so it varies. Um, when I was involved in it, it was a lot of, um, we kind of would do through interview process a lot of time. Uh, when Rebel has such a name for it, people kind of come to you as well. Mm. I never really liked the idea of going out and finding someone because unless you can really promise what it is that person wants, it's a bit hard to, to poach. I don't like the idea of poaching. No. Um, yeah. It's a, I think it's a tough one. I, I've, 
I think it's important that, that as you said about things growing organically, about the, that a business does that. Yeah. Um, because if you if you kind of go, this person is undeniably, I need them to work on our team, then you create space for them. Yeah. Whereas if you're going, we've got this Monday at six o'clock class to fill, we have to find somebody, inevitably you're going to rush the decision, probably not get yeah. the right person for it. Exactly. So I think it's important that you do grow it that way. Yeah. Um, so in terms of, so if I, if I, whatever it might be, I'm looking at a space on the timetable one forever. What sort of thing are you looking for? <laughs> uh, so the big things that we're looking for is personality is what I'd always say come down to. And it's always a connection of what the team is. Mm. And I think that's a really big thing. And it's, it's hard, I think, when you're doing things that are quite group fitness based, you might be in a phenomenal PT on a one-to-one basis. Yeah. And that's also fine. And I've had a lot of people that I know that try to do both, but they're just like, I just like one-on-one. Or myself, I prefer group fitness. I don't have any one-to-one clients mm. um, at the moment, just because I get so much enjoyment out of group fitness. And that's fine as well. Yeah. And I think it's, it's understanding the, the two. So sometimes people are like, oh, I'm a, I'm a phenomenal PT. And I'm like, that's great. You might, that might not mean that you're great when you you've got a mic on and you've got to control things in 30 seconds and you've got two stations kind of working, you've got trembles and you've got people on the floor and how are you coaching in a way that is, uh, you're giving three kind of points within 10 seconds to make sure that everybody in that room has got what they need and you're changing the lights, you're giving hold of your time and you're still motivating at the same time. Yeah. It's this multitasking thing. And you're looking like it's nothing. Yeah. Right? yeah. So and, and I kind of use little tactics and in interviews just to see how I can try and see if someone's a good multitasker mm-hmm. already so it would be um, in an interview process, trying to get them to fill out a form as well, chatting to them at the same time. Now I'm giving away my secrets. Uh, people are going to be like, oh, that's what he was doing. <laughs> that's where I came unstuck. Yeah. But it's just little tools like that. You just start to get aware. And it's, it's definitely personality is what always I was looking for and making sure. Because it is what, what clients are coming for. They want to connect with the personality, which is where boutique has now gone into, mm-hmm. which I like. Um, it, and it's such a huge point. And it's your team as well. Like as our team was growing, who's going to slot in to make sure that their whole team environment stays. And it's a big thing of, of Rubo, and I know a lot of other studios as well, you look at them all, it's, it's community-based. And if you've got someone that's not part of that community, that community is not going to stay for long. Yeah. So it's it's always a really hard thing in what you're looking for. Yeah. it's. I think it's um, I, the community side of things is so important, I think, in terms of if you don't feel like you are immediately included in something, then... The op- it's the opposite. You're going to be way outside of that, and you're not going to come back. Yep. So I think that's one thing that I, I'll talk about. I'll talk about boutique side of things quite a lot in um, like the, the business side of our courses because I think it's an important aspect that people know that that's what's current. That's really what's current and future. That's what we can see. Um, so, but for people that haven't been to a class or been to any kind of boutique thing, they're kind of oh well, I've done spin at my local yeah. club, or I've done a you know whatever a circuits class. And it's, it's not the same. So it, the exercises could be exactly the same, yet it's yeah. not the same. So I, I kind of say that if you could bottle the atmosphere that's going on in the room when it's purpose-built studio, it's, that's all it's used for, the instructors are hand-picked to do this specific thing, um, it's a really hard thing to actually verbalize what's going on. Yeah. Um, but you leave there feeling amazing, yeah. um, spent, but amazing. And I'm not, I, I find it really hard to actually... Kind of clarify what's going on in those sorts of things, yeah. but I think that's really good. I it think it's really hard. Be hard. I remember when I tell people back home in New Zealand, obviously, we don't have a lot of 
to the scale of like rebels kind of lights and music and yeah. loudness and then I'm like it's like in the club and they're like oh, like even still like museum we don't even have good clubs yeah. <laughs> so people are like there's like a bar and I was like no it's more than that and like it's really hard to describe yeah. at the same time I think as a now, like we said, the community, it's not just from the trainer or, or the business side, it's also the community of your clients as well. Yeah. I think the, the, the big thing that I always enjoy watching when you see a first-timer that comes, it starts to get to know people. Mm-hmm. Or when they like, they want to just chat to the person next to them and they start, and you overhear them, and they're like, so how long do you come? And like, that person then supports them. I think that is what makes that experience even bigger. It yeah. shouldn't just be on that trainer to hold the, everyone together. It's also what you're giving as a client. To yeah. your community too, yeah. which I think it's just it's culture really. It's it's, it's nice. I think London is, is getting better at it uh, from living in New York, seeing that very major difference yeah. from New York style whooping to you know, like I love a whoop. Yeah, but it's very hard to get a whoop out of people sometimes. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's I think it's uh it's it's an interesting one because I've I've been to a number of one rebel classes, um, and I'll do it as I drop into London. So if I'm here got an hour to kill, I'll be looking at the app and I can pop into that nice. and um, and I like that but I still even feel like I'm part of it even though it's I, I'm the person doesn't know me I haven't been to their class before yeah. it's yeah, probably six months between the two and I haven't seen this person before yeah. yet I'm still leaving there feeling the same way so I think it's uh, it, again it's a difficult one to kind of put your finger on um, but it but it, also at the same time you can literally drop in and still be part of the team um, and that's what I found I went to one of the ride classes and it was like oh, I've got no shoes oh yeah shoes are under the thing what yeah. size are you go ahead and it's fantastic like yeah. it's so simple yeah. yeah and we've seen this in like bowling alleys forever yeah, yeah. it's it, I'm no, I don't know anywhere else that does that <laughs> so that sort of thing you can think okay it's you're completely included straight away and you're empowered to be doing what you're doing and I think those two things are so important in terms of what makes people successful you can see it at local clubs any you walk into a Virgin Active or a David Lloyd, the ones that are really, really successful make you <clears throat> excuse me, make you feel like you've just smashed everything. Yeah. You know, it, it might be true, it might not be true, but the fact that you're there giving it everything, you get celebrated for that. Yeah. And you immediately want to come back. And it's because of that person. Yeah. It's not because of the club necessarily. So it's so many intricate areas that come into teaching classes, and I think we said earlier, sometimes people look at it and go, well, if I teach four classes a week, that's worth X, and therefore I'm going to boost my income by this yeah. much. But you're almost killing time on your shift or whatever by filling up it with, with a class. Yeah. And that's not necessarily the reason to do it, especially in front of 30 people. Yeah. So. And it's, it's, it's important, I think, for a lot of trainers, they, they don't always register the idea that we're all marmite sometimes we're liked sometimes we're not liked mm. and I think when it comes to group fitness as well and that kind of community thing sometimes people might not gel with you and it's okay and it's it's okay to take on that criticism and and let it be yeah. and then enjoy the people that are there because you want those people to stay yeah. I think it's very easy for us to all go and say oh that one person that just left and they kind of rolled their eyes we don't know what their day's been we don't know what they're going through yeah they might just not connect it with you. I know that my music taste is different to the next person that teaches after me's music taste. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. And it's important to say, like, we want to build also that community with you and you still know you're getting your work out, which always kind of slightly irritates me when I know people make complaints about certain things of classes they've been to. And I'm like, you still got what you came for, which is your workout. Yeah. If you sweated, you, you got what you came from and, and you put in your effort. But if it's that taste or personal taste, you can find someone else as well and also that trainer you can let it go and you can say I'm going to go 
and get something else or take from that as well, but not get pulled down by it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, I think it's easy because, you know, again, in, in, and London's a real key one. Like, it's so busy. And yeah, I was on the tube this morning and there wasn't a single person saying anything to anybody else. Uh-huh. Like you're head down, headphones on, not talking to anybody, <laughs> not even going to look at you. And yet your face is right next right to my face. Yeah. And I'm not even going to acknowledge this. So, and yet I'm supposed to walk into the, I could literally get off the tube with that person, walk into the class and now we're high-fiving. Yeah. So you're like, well, this is weird. it's strange, yeah. <laughs> so you're so crowded and densely populated, yet it's, you're isolated at the same time. And I think it's nice for to step into these places, isn't it, to be somewhere you can completely let go. That's great. Um, so that's, so riders are really your passion. Do you yeah. do the other ones as well, or no? Yeah, I teach, so I teach Ryan Reshape and, and Robert, which is our three concepts. Mm-hmm. Ride's definitely the one that I'm, I enjoy the most. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the one that's the most training as well. I'm like, I should really be enjoying being on the bike that many times yeah. in a week. <laughs> um, but I think it's, it's the music thing and, and it's the beat and it's the movement and it, it reminds me a lot of what I got from dancing. And, and dancing for me was always a release and it's a movement to a beat. And mm-hmm. this is here, I'm doing the same thing. It's just not as... I guess I'm not falling in and out of the floor like I'm used to, but yeah. at the same time, I'm still, there's that beat, there's that music, there's that, weirdly, there's that spotlight on me as well, which also does kind of enhances it for myself personally, but at yeah. the same time, it's a group, when you see, when you look out and you see 80 people just moving the same way, yeah, it's it's insane, and you can see their release. Like, it always gets me, I'm like, wow, these people get out of bed, these people, that's the worst way to describe it. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> like, get out of bed at 6.30, they come in, they, 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 we work out together, it is together, it's not, you know, and then, then they go out on their day, like, that's my day, my day's done, my job's done, that's, yeah. I go home. Like, you set them up though. Yeah. And look at the, the impact you've had. If that's 80 people, and that impact, they're now off, and that might be a way better day now for them and everyone that they touch because of what you did. Yeah. And that and that doesn't happen without you. That's that's amazing. It's, it's crazy. It, it, is, it gives me a little goosebumps. Well, it's, it should. That's fantastic. <laughs> so it's um with with that sort of thing as well, I suppose you have do you how much autonomy do you have in terms of um of the classes you teach? Do you do you completely design them from scratch? Because you were talking about the program design earlier on. Yeah. yeah. So uh, without giving away secrets. Sure. Remember we have like a format to follow, but you have a lot of freedom in it, which mm-hmm. is why I think for Ride I enjoy it the most because there's a lot of freedom. I get to choose my music. I have the format to follow, the flow to follow, and then what goes within that is there's our limitations, there's our, what makes us our style. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I've got that freedom in it, which is, for me, it's like creating choreography. I don't like saying choreography because we don't do choreo on the bike. And I don't... I don't think anyone should ever think it's dancing on a bike because it's it's really not. No. It's it's a different style. It's it's movement on a bike. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I just I think for that it's it's that freedom we have a lot to put together which makes it more enjoyable. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's times where it, it, it feels nice to create, and then times like last night it was on like a Spotify marathon for like three hours, right. and I still didn't create my playlist. Way I was like, I was just listening to like the same kind of beat, and I'm like, I'm not even building a playlist, and now there's something that's like. You know when you get in like a Netflix binge or like yep. a YouTube binge? That was like me right on Spotify. Yeah, massive rebel. Um, so then, but then in saying that in all the other contexts where we have that freedom, mm-hmm. which is what makes it enjoyable and I think attractive as a trainer, it, it's, it's, I know that there's a format and you know as a client you're always getting the same or similar um, flow, even yeah. though you might not realize it. Yeah. But at the same time you have freedom on what we do within it. So I can change how I want it and I'm starting to be more creative in what I'm doing or thinking about and if I look back at 
I still have my very first programs from three and a half years ago. And I go, wow, that was like basic. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, the squat's a squat. You get what you need from it. Yeah. And it's never going to go out of history. It's never, it's not, it's not like kale that comes in and out every like two yeah, seasons. Yeah. Like, yeah. This isn't like hippie pants coming back in again. This is like a squat's a squat. We know our benefits from it. And it's always going to be beneficial. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we have that freedom at the same time. I know that I can, you can expand in it and you can go and play in it. And yes, there's times that you're limited by what you can do because your space is limited. But at the same time, you also know what your foundations are. Yeah. I like the space though. I think the space being like the floor space, um, I did a, a little bit of like a, trying to, again, trying to understand it to, to either blog about it or whatever. Yeah. And to be able to give that to other people, and I did three three different things in, in the same day. I came to London and just booked into three different ones. Rebel being one of them. Was a big time. I was exhausted. Um, and then you've got about <laughs> the tube, and you've got to drive home. Um, but doing that, what I realised was was I tried to break down with a friend of mine what why we liked the ones we liked, what aspects, and what made the difference for us. And I think the big one in, in Rebel is it's, is it set out for you? Like the room is set out. So we did a reshape. And you've got your treadmills there. No one's diving onto that treadmill now. Just you. And then when you come onto the floor, this is your space. It's clearly marked out. Yeah. Whereas when you go to others, it might be where well, you drag a box out. You've got a couple of kettlebells. They roll away. Someone grabs them, and you, you're in someone else's space because yeah. you, there's not set out for you. You're setting it as you go. Yeah. And that made a big difference. Having the weights sitting underneath the boxes, it's very yeah. clever. Um, you know, having the med ball sitting in the end in a little drawer or whatever yeah. it might be, it's very clever. And so it's not, you're not going to have your stuff encroached by other people. Yeah. And I think it, that makes a big difference. And I think you can see that, and like you said, a lot of places you go, like when you go to a yoga studio and it's like, everyone rolls their mat out. I'm like, no, your mat's now way too close to yeah, mine. Yeah. People like go here and you can see the people that are trying to create this space around them. You're like, you're not really helping the situation. Yes. When you go and you see the mats that are all lined up, they're evenly like, and I almost see this. I love it when things are like square and you've got the blocks in you're like you know you know where you're going you know where your formats are going and it makes a huge difference i don't enjoy when i go to places and they're like go grab a heavy weight and i'm like well what are we doing yeah like what way is that yeah <laughs> are we talking heavy for legs or are we talking heavy for biceps like exactly yeah interesting so um what i was going to say to you, you said and I, it jumped into my head you said you're you you do a huge amount in terms of on the bike and so on how do you manage that tiredness wise and fueling wise because, I mean, what do, um, first off, what does a lot of time on the bike mean? Like, how often are you teaching? I will teach. So, like, today, for example, we're about to go and teach three rides after this. Ooh. And I'll normally teach around 10, 11 rides a week. Wow. Um, and I'm not really <coughs> getting off the bike. Okay. I enjoy it. It's just, you know, it's, it's just, I'm like, I feel weird when I get off the bike and everyone else is vibing. It's like, you're yeah. just like, you know, if you wanted to go to a party, you just sit outside looking at Like, yeah. oh, I'm here. Watching people time. dance. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I kind of would love to join and allow a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm actually the worst. I, I hit a massive rock bottom this year where I wasn't fueling right, I wasn't strengthening, I wasn't stretching, I wasn't refueling right. I was working on pure exhaustion because I just got, oh, this is my job, this I'm coming up and going out and busy, I'm doing that. I'm like, I, I do have time to sit down at home and phone roll at the night. Yes. But I just went, oh no, I'm too tired, I better get up early in the morning. Yep. And then I'm just scrolling through Instagram and I'm like, that's not unhealthy. Yes. Um, and I'm like, I could be scrolling and rolling at the same time, yep. technically. Yeah. But I think now that I'm starting to learn again, okay, I want to make sure that there is longevity in this. And that's the same as, as my dance background. It was like, you have to have longevity. We have as a dance background, like, I would be close to retirement age, and I'm still young, but at the same time, like you don't have very long in the industry. 
Um, like being a professional athlete. Exactly. So it's like, what are you doing to make sure that you are protecting your toes? And that's what I've always grown up learning was like, my body is my toe. It's what I'm going to get my income from, from my job. When we do break it down, that is what it is. Yeah. It's like a, a, um, a builder, a hammer. Yeah. You know, like my legs are my hammers in a weird way. Um, but I wasn't fueling them right. And I think it's hydration. It's, it's the right proteins to come back in. And I was coming off the bike and I'm like, I've sweated so much. What am I doing to refuel yeah. all of that again? Um, and I'm slowly learning to to put it into practice again because I'm very good at preaching things and then going, yes. oh, actually, my body is is giving you the signs that it's not okay. My hamstrings are tight. All right, right, let's stretch. Yeah, let's make sure that I create a routine with it better again. And what, what do you think about your like your? You seem to have a very good attitude and and, and outlook towards it. Um, exercise for a long time has been almost a punishment for people. Yeah. I think. Um, like mentally it's almost like I can equate this to food I've had a bad quote weekend therefore I've got to go and now punish myself to do this it seems to me that there's very little talk about caloric expenditure in classes and stuff like that I've been to um, so where do you stand with that sort of thing like what, what's what's the focus for you when, you're, when you've got people in front of you what are you trying to what message are you trying to get across so for me I'm definitely a person that doesn't talk about calories or Stuff like that, it doesn't resonate with me. It doesn't resonate with me personally. It's mm. never resonated with me when I look at my own personal fitness background and what's interested me to even work out. Um, now, I don't like talking about it because for me, it's, it's about um, it's well-being, I guess. And I don't want to say the terms well-being because I think it's a very broad thing. Yeah. It's become a bit of a yeah, it's a bit of, word. Yeah, it's a bit of a, almost like a bit of an excuse as well. Like, I'm like, oh, it's my well-being. Yeah. Um, yeah yes and no. Um, I think it's definitely that I, I like to talk about things that are mental-wise that are going on or things that just in your life that are going on. I think when, when you're riding and you you have a moment like, and I've, I experience when I go and ride and, and elsewhere as well, or at Rebel with other trainers, and we have what's called like a soulful track, which is just a part where we really get in towards like your heartstrings a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I, I love stuff like that. And it's like there's nothing weirdly more enjoyable than, than riding and crying in this kind of weird way that it's like... It's not crying as like I'm, I'm sad, but it's like I'm empowering and I'm empowering myself. Yeah. And it's all through me making a choice to move and me saying I am my own motivator. And you've just got someone that's there just guiding you through it as well. And I think it's a big thing as a trainer. We're, we're just guides. We're just, you know, we're just another travel book. Yeah. We're not the destination. And there's nothing else that's going to, to support it unless you make that call to say this is mine. And you have days when it's like you just flow through the motions, but the moments where it is about what's going on, what's on the inside, how it's a release. I think that for me is a huge thing. It's why I move, it's why I work out, it's a release form. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was talking to my dad last night about this and like he's very busy at the moment with all these things that are going on and he was saying, he was like, yep, no, I make sure I go to the gym like twice a week and doing this, it's like an hour and a half, he's telling me his program, which I was like super proud of, obviously, yeah. coming from him and he's like, yeah, I rode this many miles and I was like, this is cool. But he was saying like, he's created a routine for it because he knows he's got all these things that are going on that he's going to use that the same way I know all my clients that come and they're like, it's just something's going on. You're like, let's switch that off for a second. Yep. Um, or address that something else can be taken on and that for me is what fitness has become. It's what I've seen in the last like three and a half years that I've been involved in the industry that it's shifted a boutique as well. And we now talk about it being about something different. It's not about how many reps you can do now. I think in what boutique is or it depends on the studio it depends on what 
type of fitness it is. I think for us at Rebel, it's definitely about, you know, how do we engage something to just move? Or I don't like talking about personal best because every day is different. Like yeah. I have days that I have feel like just getting out of bed is my personal best. Yeah. Then days where I'm like, I've ticked off everything by this personal best. I mean, it's your best version of you in that moment is your personal best. Yeah. That's uh, so a fantastic way of looking at it. It really is. Because I think we're, we're slowly moving into this sort of um, area now, or era almost, of just appreciation, I think. Um, and it, sometimes, unfortunately, it's pretty human nature. You need to see something really unfortunate to realize how fortunate you are. Um, and it, it's especially in fitness. Like you, you and I could right now put these headphones down, go for a run. Yeah. And we both get back here fine. We both be okay. Live Our bodies, yeah, we were yes. Genes <laughs> <laughs> won't help, but but we could do it, and we would be um, completely fine. And our bodies will handle it. They'll recover from it well. Um, and sometimes we forget that, like that run, that even if it's a mile, is impossible for some people. Completely impossible. And um, I, I just think we we forget that, like how how unbelievable that is that we could just go off and do these things yeah. and because it wasn't I didn't do as far as last time or I didn't reach as many watts as last time or whatever yeah. it is gets completely forgotten like it, all the other stuff gets forgotten about because of that yeah. I was 50 watts lighter than I was last time I must be having a bad day yeah. and that impacts your entire day at times for some people Usually. and it's to me it's really sad that we're losing sight of the fact that your body just managed to do that for 45 minutes on a bike anyway yeah. like, without stopping yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So it's, I think it's a, it's an interesting time we're moving into in fitness, and there's a lot more. There are some positives. I think with things like Instagram and whatever, there are people that, um, you know, the the empowerment side of things. But for every one person that is celebrated in and empowered that way, there's probably twenty five that are shot down and trolled and whatever. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's it's a difficult. It's a real difficult one. Um, you put yourself way out there. I think yeah. in terms of. You, you know exactly who you are um, and that could be coming down to image everything have you ever experienced any kind of negativity uh, do you know do you know what it feels like that for some of these people or no yes and no I think it's in my own mind right as well I think I've just always I've always struggled with my body image I've always struggled in it, it, it's, it's weird when you say you're like, you're like you know who you are and I'm like I still think hey, am I who am I like I don't think I even know who I am um <laughs> But I do, I do know that there's certain messages that I want to portray, and but I'm starting to learn the more. It's like it doesn't matter. Like I've seen stuff where people be like, "Oh, he's really enthusiastic. He's really over the top," or he's like, you know. And I'm like, and like, <laughs> what's the problem? Yeah. Mm. And and it's taken me a long time to 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 recognize it. And and it's also it's a sad thing is it's people that I actually look up to that I've heard them say that and I've overheard it. And it's like and at the same time I can make a big deal about it. I could I was like I wrote this massive post, I was like I'm gonna post something about this and I'm like, but that's not what I use Instagram for. It's yeah. not for that reasons. And also it's only solving my own problem where actually I'm actually okay with that because yeah. I know that's what I am and that's what I believe and what I bring to my sessions and at the same time like we talked about earlier, I'm like they're not on it, they don't have to be on it. Yeah. And at the same time I still value what they do and we do things very differently. Yeah. And the question is why are you putting that post out there? Is it for validation of no no, you're amazing, don't listen to them or, to fuel my ego. Yes. Which yeah. is ultimately what it is. Yeah. And this is something that I've learned and I think 
I think it's what is a big thing that we're shifting from in fitness to a degree. It's ego based, mm-hmm. um, and I think ego is a really damaging thing. And once you start to break ego down, it's a very hard thing to do. Yeah. Um, helps allowing those things to be like that appreciation comes back because you're like, oh, like I'm just I've moved today. I've, I've stepped down rather than going. I'm needing like it's the need rather than the you know. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a very weird thing. Yeah. And it's, I say this, we talked about earlier on about it, um, the fact that when some people put out a post or they'll do a story and they include kind of the outtakes or the, you know, whatever, it shows you the real side, right? The Instagram posts that you see that probably people kind of aspire to took an hour to get right with the right lighting and this and that. And you're not seeing all the fun that goes into getting that done and where you kind of slipped on whatever, whatever it might be. And I think that's that's kind of the interesting thing is is we're very much a um, a snapshot culture of of you know what can you give me now and and how does it validate me and how does it make me feel and whatever and I, I just think it's um it's important that people that have a good platform and have a good sort of readership or viewership or whatever are putting out the right messages yeah. so that people do leave feeling better instead of feeling worse. Yeah, um, it's I think it's so important. And so, and you were so right in the validation thing and. and it's hard because that is kind of what the nature of it is, is yeah. to get validation. Yeah. But at the same time, I think knowing validation yourself too, just be like, you know, I, I validate myself and that actually I've done well and like I want to boast about that. Or I think, you know, I love when people put about their races or their times and stuff like that. And I do it myself. I'm going to put up my best time because I'm proud of that for myself. Yeah. And if I'm using, and I, that's why I, I don't post a lot on Instagram, I don't use it to the max that I should be mm. but at the same time I'm going if it's something that I'm seeing proud of and I, I kind of want to take it as my own record as well yeah it's kind of this weird validation for myself to validate it back and then, yeah I don't know it's a, it's a cycle that I can talk about forever and then I think I get confused and it's like inception really it is. like <laughs> is it still spinning or is it not it is but I think it's nice to, I think personally it's nice to scroll back through your own Instagram and kind of randomly open up a shot and go, oh, that's where I was that day. That's how I yeah. felt that day about that situation or whatever. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, I've, I've seen it where you kind of might look back at things and kind of go, I can't place that person yeah. as me anymore. It's completely different to how I would, I would see that situation now. And uh, so it's quite an almost like a time capsule for that. It really is. I look back at my photos when I was in New York and I was like, wow, it was like a hipster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not sure. It's like toils on my mustache. Yes. I was like, who was I? I like a pencil behind my hair because for some reason I thought that was going to be a cool thing to do. So I was like, I live in Brooklyn. I have to be like this artist. And I'm like, I'm not even an artist. No. <laughs> it's all perception. Um, so the one second. Sorry. Are we Hold on one second. We're getting a knock on the door. <laughs> Sorry guys, I'm going to do them for that one. I need it. All right, okay. All right, thank you. One second. Okay, so, um, John, I'm going to want to do a second one of these at some point with you. Yeah. Uh, we've just been, uh, we've been double booked on our room, so we have to wrap up. Um, <laughs> but have you got any, just any real quick final words for people that are listening to you and, um, and people that get into the industry or any of that kind of stuff? Uh, one thing in the formula that I've recently discovered which I think is amazing is to believe to trust to find an action